Well, good news, everybody. The air is safe to breathe today. That's right. That uh, uh, air quality advisory that uh, started Sunday and uh, stretched into Monday. Just a short one, not like last time where it stretched on for a week. Uh, that has been lifted. And uh, so breathe to your heart's content because uh, those wildfires, I'm sure, once the jet stream shifts one more time, are going to be coming uh, back down, blowing that smoke back down on us here in the uh, the Midwest. Uh, the bad news, if you went to the Oakland County Fair uh, between the dates of July 7th and July 14th, uh, you may have been exposed to swine flu. Um, a number of pigs at the Oakland County Fair began showing symptoms on July 14th. Uh, and the swine barn was closed to the public after that was discovered. But uh, if you uh, went and visited the piggies at the Oakland County Fair uh, before then, contact the Oakland County Health Department because uh, they want to test you and they want to contact trace you. And uh, luckily, uh, swine flu is not easily transmitted from human beings to, uh, I'm sorry, from pigs to human beings, but... Just uh, to err on the safe side, the Oakland County Health Department wants to hear from you. And uh, I, I have to say, I, I think I'm going to declare uh, this this a bad summer, at least when it comes to, um, um, you know, our air quality, the weather. Um, like I said yesterday, we, we've had wacky weather here, but um, it's nothing compared to what's been happening all over the country. You got that giant heat dome down south. Out in New England, you've got that. You got all that flooding. Uh, Philadelphia, there's a bunch of flooding. Um, just that terrible story that I've been glued to the news watching about uh, that family that got caught in a flash flood in a, 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 a suburban residential area. It was a mother, a grandmother, and her two children. Um, the grandmother was found. The mother has been uh, pronounced dead, and st- they're still looking for the kids. And uh, me personally, when I used to think of flash floods, I thought it'd be something that you saw coming. But uh, just a, a number of inches of rain just fell um, in in a matter of hours, and they were they were literally driving on on a residential street, like any street here in Metro Detroit, and the water just came out of nowhere and swept them away. Just absolutely heartbreaking and terrifying. And uh, I never thought I'd say this on a Detroit radio station, but can Philly catch a break? They had that uh, train derailment that had that hazardous material people had to evacuate and that uh, collapse on I-95. Well, the grain from Ukraine may need to be shipped soon by plane. This is Fox News' Alex Hogan. Early morning explosions on the critical bridge connecting the annexed Crimean Peninsula to Russia. The route is a lifeline for Russian forces, and it's been targeted before. In October, explosions closed the bridge for months, Moscow blaming Ukraine. Ukrainian officials chalk it up to Russian provocation. Killed at least two people, a man and a woman leaving behind a now orphaned child who was also in the car. Meanwhile, Russia is burning a different bridge announcing it's walking away from a grain deal brokered last summer by the United Nations and Turkey, which allows much-needed food shipments to leave Ukrainian ports. It also prevents ships from being attacked. And, of course, that's going to be a concern because a lot of that grain provides food for developing countries. Not sure how it's going to affect food prices here in America, but as Guy said yesterday when he broke the news, 
um, that this is not going to help the inflation that we seem to be getting under control. So um, just the latest gambit from Putin and his war on Ukraine. Well, why don't we move on to some good news? That uh, man who fell 140 feet into the Detroit River while he was working on the Ambassador Bridge last week, he's been released from the hospital and he's home recovering. The man who uh, we've learned is Canadian and was working for a Canadian uh, construction company. He was rescued from the water when people fishing and picnicking along the river, they saw him fall in and they sprinted over to the J.W. Westcott company. They're like... uh, they're like a freighter company. They deliver mail. Um, and they got in their boat, and they saved the man within two minutes of falling in. And, and he's got nothing more than a few broken bones. And actually, Sean Belegian did a, a great interview with the uh, captain of that boat who saved the man that we're going to be playing uh, about 535. Uh, Ford announced yesterday that it will be cutting the sticker price of their F-150 Lightning electric pickup uh, line by uh, up to $10,000. Uh, Fred's uh, Ford is crediting increased plant capacity and lower prices for raw battery materials uh, as reasons for the drop. Now, the sticker price on its lowest price pro model, it's going to drop from fifty nine thousand down to forty nine thousand. That's still about ten thousand dollars more than what they wanted to set the price at back in April of twenty twenty two. So it is getting there, but it's not quite there yet. Um This is also the summer of strikes, possibly. I I guess maybe it's the summer of potential strikes. Obviously, you've got the Hollywood actors and writers. All the smart money is is betting on UAW heading for a strike. Uh, But I think the most consequential potential strike is going to be this UPS strike. Um, Teamster President Sean O'Brien, he's asked the White House not to intervene um, in a strike if the UPS drivers do go on strike if they don't reach a new contract by July 31st, that's the deadline. Um, O'Brien was asked on a web chat Sunday night if the White House could force a contract if one can't be agreed upon, to which O'Brien answered, uh, it's a tortured metaphor, my neighborhood where I grew up in Boston, if two of yous had a disagreement and you had nothing to do with it, you just kept walking. I, but here's the thing. I, this this isn't something that the president has nothing to do with. This isn't something the American people don't have anything to do with. It's going to affect us directly. Um, anyway, some of the sticking points of the negotiations include air conditioning in the trucks, which, fair. Um, that's nuts they don't have air conditioning in the trucks, especially in the summer, especially if they're under that heat dome down south. Um, they also want to get rid of the uh, two-tiered wage system. That sounds familiar. And they want to increase uh, uh, the wage of part-time workers uh, who start out currently at sixteen twenty an hour. City Detroit, uh, they have plans to spend $30 million, pardon me, to install high-definition uh, high cameras to crack down on violent crimes on city highways and to catch suspects that are uh, attempting to flee police. This money comes from that $82 million that was set aside for special projects in last month's record-breaking state budget that was passed. Um, So according to this grant, the cameras can only be used in relation to violent crimes or felonies, and they can't be used for minor traffic violations or facial recognition. Uh, Supporters of the cameras pointed out that 
one of the new license plate reader cameras, and th- that's different than than these cameras they're they're installing, but it's a similar uh, concept. Um, those license plate readers were used to track down Rashad Trice as he fled Lansing after kidnapping two-year-old Winter Smith. And uh, details on which agency would receive the money and be responsible for monitoring and maintaining maintaining these cameras, uh, that has yet to be ironed out. So um, that sounds like an important detail. Hope they figure that out. Uh, Tucker Carlson just closed an ad deal worth over a million dollars with a pump uh, company called Public SQ. It's an online marketplace for companies with conservative values, but it's not for his Twitter show. A story in the Wall Street Journal that reported that Tucker Carlson is looking to raise hundreds of millions of dollars to launch his own digital media company, generating a lot of interest from both private investment companies and wealthy benefactors like Public SQ CEO Omid Malik. Now, uh, Tucker Carlson, if you remember, he launched the Daily Caller back in 2010, and it does not appear that uh, reacquisition of the Daily uh, Caller, excuse me, easy for me to say, is part of this new uh, proposed digital media empire that Tucker Carlson is looking to launch. And uh, to me, that that was the most predictable outcome um, when he got let go from Fox News. Obviously, your Newsmaxes, your OANs, they probably don't have the scratch to uh, put Tucker Carlson on TV. I'm sure Tucker Carlson was also feeling constrained um, by the rules and the confinements of cable news. So um, I either thought he was going to join an already established company like the Daily Wire or the Blaze, uh, but it appears that he is trying to... um, Bring back the glory days of the Daily Caller by launching a brand new uh, digital media empire. It's first thing with Mike Parsons on WJR. Well, a number of startling revelations came to light over the weekend that shows that the Michigan Republican Party is in some real financial trouble. Chris Renwick talks to uh, former Oakland County Republican chair, retired Lieutenant Colonel Rocky Rushkovsky on Focus. Well, the Michigan Republican Party, I mean, look, I don't know how else to sell it to you. They're, they're in trouble. They're in shambles. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. And it's a problem that's only going to get worse. It's going to exacerbate as we get closer to November of 2024. A couple of stories out of the Detroit News that I want to bring you. Craig Mogger had a hand in both of them. Uh, this came on uh, the 14th, so during the weekend. Michigan Republicans Party's bank account down to $93,231.90, according to Dan Bonamy, the state committee's budget chairman. Uh, He said they have not taken out loans. We are working on the debt. That comes from audio that the Detroit News obtained from that July 8th meeting up in Clare where there was, uh, you know, that physical altercation, a fight broke out. Uh, Somebody uh, uh, classified it to the Detroit News as a festivist style of airing of grievances. But in their 16 accounts, or excuse me, in their bank account 16 months ahead of the election, they've got less than $100,000 in their accounts. It is a wild number for a state party that's going to need every single cent, not only to pay their bills, but to make it a really competitive race 
not only for congressional uh, uh, members of of the House. Uh, there's a Senate race that's going to be going on. There's a presidential race that's going to be going on. And uh, look, it seems like right now they don't have the money to, to run with the horses. Um, Rocky Richkowski joins us. Rocky, what, what do you make of of the fact that the that Michigan GOP has under a hundred thousand dollars just about a year and a half before the presidential election? Well, it's it's concerning, Chris, and thank you for having me on. But first off, I want to say that this is not airing our public laundry or dirty laundry, because quite frankly, a lot of this reporting has to be done for public finance disclosures through the Secretary of State. So we would have found out what happened one way or the other in about the next 30 days. The, what's really disconcerting is the fact that an, a, a meeting was a closed meeting and that a audio tape was somehow released to the media. So obviously, Christina Caramo and this administration are battling from people internally uh, in their state committee and their board of directors, so to speak, their statewide board of directors that runs the, the party. Let me let me interject here and let me just play devil's advocate, um, sure. because I, I almost see it as this is DEFCON 5. Like this is no, color, no, no. this is I, color I don't red. No, no, no. But my point is, if, is it, if there is somebody from inside those walls that are going, guys, we, we need to make this known that we are in some serious trouble here. I mean, Jeff Timmer, the former executive director of the Republican Party here in the state, said that they're essentially bankrupt they're they're functionally bankrupt so if you've got somebody inside going looking at these numbers or or whomever it is i don't know who it is that leaked this information but if you've got people from inside going we, we need to make sure that people understand that we are working with both hands and our feet tied together we, we, we don't have the the firepower to make this thing competitive oh that's why i'm sorry but that's why you go out and you create a separate pack you support the candidates that are running instead of the state party you support your local entities that are helping candidates, and you you get on board with groups that are creating political action committees or the national party, and you demand the national party to come in and help out these candidates. Because a state party's number one requirement, number one obligation and mission, is to make sure that you win your races. And to win those races, you've got to help reelect Republicans or at least conservative candidates. And we have a battle for the soul of the Republican Party here in Michigan that is becoming ugly and public. And quite frankly, the leadership, and I will say this much, okay, maybe I'm, I'm becoming a, a little bit speaking out of both sides of my mouth, but I will say that at this point in time, we've given six months to, to the leadership of Christina Caramo. Her entire leadership is, is uh, basically defunct and should step aside and let new leadership come in so that at least we can hopefully, hopefully rebuild our party for 2026, if not for 2024. Meanwhile, you've got Republicans now uh, in the in the MIGOP that approved a plan to basically split their primary into the primary and the caucus. Now you've got Rob Steele, the national GOP committee man here in the state that says this isn't going to work. The RNC isn't going to grant a waiver on this, and we need to make an accommodation. What is that accommodation, as, Mar as far as you know? i got about a minute left. Uh, there's no accommodation. I've been the first one to, to, to basically poo-poo this plan. I disagree with the plan that Caramo's administration put forward. It's a bad plan. It basically hurts Michigan. 
and uh, we, we basically need to scrap it, and we need to elect somebody or bring in somebody that can actually create the relationships with our national committee so that we can at least propose an option for them to accept Michigan moving forward or ahead of other states. Otherwise, we're dead in the water in Michigan. It, it dead in the water, and Rocky, it feels like dead in the water for some time. Feels like that, that, that you're going to dig yourself into a hole that they're not going to be able to come out of, and that's going to be a huge problem, not even just for 2024, but going into those midterms, the next general election, it's a huge problem. Rocky Rutschkowski, thank you for the time, my friend. I always appreciate catching up with you. Thank you. Yeah. Just want to give a shout-out to the Waterford Township Police um, who got a call about a missing 10-foot. Some news outlets are calling it a boa constrictor. Other news outlets are calling it a uh, a, a python. Uh, a 10-foot boa constrictor named Mr. Squiggles went missing on Sunday night. <laughs> went missing on Sunday night, and uh, and they found him. Uh, he he crossed a, a, a busy road. The owners thought that Mr. Squiggles was a goner, um, but they found him. They brought him home safe, and he appeared to be uh, a very docile pet. Um, me personally, I don't care how docile a 10 foot Python is. I'm running the opposite way. And, uh, a couple of local mayoral races may cost the Democrats, the majority in the state house, uh, state rep, Lori Lewis, she'll be running for, uh, the former, uh, Jim Fouts's Warren city mayor job. State rep Kevin Coleman is going to be running for Westland mayor, uh, this fall coming up, um, and currently the Dems hold a 56 to 54 majority. If they both won, they'd be left with a 54-54 split. Both those districts are Democrat strongholds, so that would probably only be temporary. But stranger things have happened in politics. This first thing with Mike Parsons. A Canadian man who fell into the Detroit River from the, the Ambassador Bridge has been released from the hospital. And other than some broken bones, he's expected to be okay. Uh, Captain Sam Buchanan's boat, the MS, MF Westcott, was in the water rescuing the man within two minutes of him falling into the water. And he talks to Sean Belegian on JR Afternoon. You know, um, sometimes a story happens that completely captures the imagination of, well, everybody. And this was definitely one of those stories. And a name that you may not know, but uh, I I think is a name that's going to resonate for a long time, whether he wants to admit it or not, is the captain of the J.W. Westcott II, Captain Sam Buchanan. And, of course, he and his ship saved the man who fell from the Ambassador Bridge last week. And he kindly joins us here on 760 WJR. First of all, Captain Buchanan, thank you so much for your time and for joining us here on WJR. I can imagine this has been a whirlwind for you the past few days, huh? Yeah, it's been a quite uh, quite a few busy days uh, with phone calls and texts, uh, uh, folks with questions or folks just saying uh, great rescue, and we're glad you could be there. And so, you know, nice, all kinds of niceties here the last couple of days. You know, Captain Buchanan, as I mentioned, this is something, and you're living it, this captured the imagination of pretty much everybody. I mean, when you hear a story like this, so very often it doesn't end with that happy ending. 
This is one of those stories that did end with a very happy ending. Uh, tell us about it from your perspective. I, I mean, when you first realized, oh, my goodness, somebody just fell into the Detroit River. Uh, tell us about it from, I guess, second one from you, from your standpoint. Well, uh, we uh, get a lot of calls here. Since we have the boats here at our station, a lot of folks come running to us if somebody's fallen in the river. Uh, this isn't the first time uh, we've had to get somebody, but the first time for me uh, getting anybody that's fallen from the bridge. Uh, I've been here for 38 years. Um, so, But uh, when the folks were uh, shouting and yelling for us to, to, to help this man, we just became hyper-focused and hopped on uh, our boat, and we went directly to where everybody was pointing. Uh, we located him pretty quickly, and we got him aboard as fast as we could. And Detroit Fire was really on target there. They had their, uh, their trucks and their paramedics here as soon as we got back to the dock, and they were able to take over from us. Uh, we had got the man on board our boat and stabilized him and we covered him with a blanket so he wouldn't go into hypothermia or anything. So just basic first aid and just keeping him awake and making sure that he was still with us. You know, I was really worried that he had, would have had injuries. And uh, I was just, that was my only thought is, you know, I, I hope he stays alive. Yeah, Captain Buchanan, there are so many things that could go wrong. I mean, first, you know, as you mentioned, just the force of, of hitting the river and then, uh, the river itself, I mean, whether it be the choppy waters that you know better than anybody or or even, as you mentioned, the, the, the temperature of the water. Right? What is the temperature of the water around this time? You know, I, I, I heard you mention hypothermia. It, I, it's still a pretty cold drink, right? It is. Uh, around this time of year, it's in the 70 degree range. It's probably 71, 72. I haven't checked it lately, um, but your body is not meant to be that cold. And then, of course, the force of hitting the water. And this is one of the most uh, turbulent parts of the Detroit River. It's kind of on a bend and uh, you can get some pretty good waves here. Uh, luckily, that day it was nice and flat. And uh, there's so many undertoes and so many things to get caught up on along the the river here it's just uh i've seen so many people go in and you know one minute their head's there and the next minute they're gone and that was just what i was praying that you know that he wouldn't disappear how quickly were you guys on on the jw westcott uh, the second i i hope i'm saying that correctly it's jw westcott the second correctly well that is the main mailboat here however okay. um for this rescue i chopped I, I opted to get on the ms westcott which is named for grandma westcott her name was mildred and <laughs> uh, so we we just purchased this vessel and named it in her honor she was the wife of jw so she has a little bit of a lower deck and a uh, a nice uh rescue apparatus so i chose that boat and uh we just directly went out there and uh as far as time it was about um from the time I got on the boat, uh, we were to the man uh, under two minutes. And wow. uh, looking at our cameras, uh, from the time he hit the river to the time he was in the care of DFD was about seven to eight minutes. That is unbelievable. I mean, truly yeah. unbelievable. And uh, once again, I, I hope you don't mind me saying this, uh, the captain is a hero. Captain Sam yeah. Buchanan uh, kindly joining us here on uh, WJR, what was he coherent? I, how how would you describe? I, I I had read somewhere the force of the fall literally ripped off a, a bunch of his clothes. Was he was he able to communicate with you? How how would you describe that that first response? 
Well, I, before I do anything big, I always pray about it, even if it's a quick one. And when I got underway, I was just praying to God that he was going to have his eyes open and not disappear on me. And when, as soon as we got to him, uh, we practice this all the time, by the way, because we transfer folks between the ships and our boats uh, all the time, day and night. So we have to practice this uh, uh, recovery procedure quite often, both unconscious and conscious. But he was conscious. He was looking at me and he kept asking me over and over again why he was wet and what had happened to him. And I simply told him, you fell from the bridge, but you're safe now and we're taking you back for care and you're going to be okay." And we just comfort him. Uh, I give all the credit too to the folks in the park that alerted us because if they had simply ignored it or didn't see it, uh, none of this, uh, this would not have been a good ending for that man. So, and my deck crew, uh, Albert Holland and Paul, uh, they were on board there. They did a phenomenal job of getting him on the boat. I mean, really fast. I, I was amazed. I walked away for a minute to make a, a, a radio call into the Coast Guard, and they already had him aboard. Unbelievable. Uh, Captain Sam Buchanan kindly joining us. And, 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 you know, Captain, you would know this better than anybody even a man overboard in, in, in choppy waters like that it usually doesn't have this happy ending. I, I, were you almost surprised when you got there? Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, I've seen, uh, you know, I know and uh, that you can survive that fall for a little while. I mean, if you hit just right, you will survive it uh, usually. And luckily enough for him, he did. Um, So I was just praying and hoping that as long as he was floating, at least, uh, I figured we could get him out and get him some care. And I was just, uh, we practice this maneuver in in choppy weather as well. You know, we'll wait for a good day when the wind's blowing hard. And that's when we do some practice. We also do it at night. So uh, we're, we're ready for it in any kind of conditions. Just this is absolutely awesome. This is, I I mean, you, you understand why this is one of those things that people keep calling you and, and, and texting you and everything. This is this is something that I think is going to stick with people for a long, long time. And Captain Sam Buchanan kindly joins us. Hey, for people out there that didn't know, and, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention this, you are running the world's only floating post office. And we, people, I'm sure people had no idea that was in our own backyard here on the Detroit River. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, this company's been in business since it was started by Captain Westcott back in uh, 1874, and we have a contract with the United States Postal Service that we've had since 1949, and uh, I think they deserve some praise as well for for having a boat here on the river. Uh, We take all the mail to the passing freighters and some pleasure vessels that go by to get mail here, and finally enough, I... uh, I, I got this fella ashore. We got him all with a DFD, and then I hopped on the JWS, got and went and delivered mail to an upbound boat. <laughs> the mail has to go through, no matter what else is going on. Oh, you are awesome! Uh, yeah, you're not taking a break. You you've got the mail to deliver. What a fascinating story, and and I I applaud you. Obviously, you're quick heroic actions, and uh, certainly the power of prayer as well. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention that. Uh, Captain Buchanan, thank you so much for your time and continued success to you, sir. Well, you're very welcome. Pray for us all while we're out here on the river that we can keep on doing it safe. You got it, Captain. Uh, coming up next, the band's back together. It's uh, J.R. Mort. No, it's not. J.R. Mornings is coming up. It's first thing with Mike Parsons on WJR. All right. Gang's all here. Nick Roddy. 
Guy Gordon. Lloyd Jackson is back. Hey, hey. Welcome back, Lloyd. And happy anniversary. Thank you, sir. Thank I, you very much. I didn't see Lloyd yesterday. I thought he might have gotten eaten by uh, Mr. Squiggles, that 10-foot <laughs> boa constrictor that got loosed oh, in yeah. Waterford. Yeah. Holy cow. Oh, man. I'm going to tell you. Uh, I, we've been seeing snakes, though. Snakes at gas stations. And right. I mean, what's, what's going on with the snakes? It's uh, not not to be a scold here, but I think it's uh, it, it, irresponsible pet owners. That's what Mr. Squiggles was. I'm sorry. There are pet owners who irresponsibly name their reptiles. And if, if I'm a snake, you name me Mr. Squiggles, I'm going to strangle somebody. I'm going to give him a big old hug. <laughs> right. Love you to death, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, look, like Mr. Squiggles, he, he looked to be a, abuse. a very uh, docile pet. Uh, yesterday, Paula Tutman did, did the live shot. And when they went to her, she was holding M- Mr. Squiggles. And I think Kimberly Gill feels the same way about snakes as I do. If I, if I see a snake, I'm running the other way. And, uh, you just hear Kimberly Gill involuntarily go, Oh my God, Paula. And, and it was, <laughs> and it said live. It said live in the top left. So you're like, Oh my God, this isn't anything can happen here. That, that wow. kind of that, that, that's why we think of Paula as being the intrepid reporter. Yes. She will do that. She right? will. Yeah, and she Love was. Her to death. She was not. So, um, you know what? I'm glad you're safe, Mister Squiggles. I just hope you don't get out of your cage, Mister Squiggles. Because I would have a heart attack if I'm driving down uh, a, a road in Waterford, <laughs> yeah. which is somewhat rural, but it's mostly residential, and I see a ten foot boa constrictor uh, stretched across the uh, the road. Yeah, Mister Squiggles would need to touch you to kill you. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah, just, just look at you. And, and you know and what? Lick, I, his, lick his lips a little. Right? Yeah, right. I would. And I wouldn't run Unless him over. You're driving and you're scared to death when you see it, and you run into something, he could take you out that way too. Well, that's what. Yeah, yeah. I crash the car, and then it yeah. and then it wraps itself around me and has dinner. <laughs> full, full disclosure: you 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 had a rough start to your morning. Yes, I did. I uh, thank you for bringing this up, guys. <laughs> um, as I was leaving the house, um, something some uh, something happened where my entire cup of coffee dumped into my lap and you know how when disaster strikes and everything's in slow motion my one and only thought was getting my crotch out of the way of the spilling coffee and so i had to go home change my pants and i didn't um clean up the seat well enough so when i got out my whole backside is covered it so it looks like it's, it's coffee color yeah so it, it looks like i uh it, i had an oopsie daisy and i'm doing that thing where i'm tying a shirt around my waist i i want it so I, we're going to do a little therapy tuesday here i want to make you feel better okay okay as bad as your episode was this morning it wasn't quite as bad as what happened to a french woman while she was drinking coffee on her terrace and was hit by a meteorite wow you know what it's just your time to go. If she, I would like sugar cream and some, I don't know. Kryptonite. Yeah. yeah. And Haley's Comet. <laughs> right. So I'm guessing she didn't survive. No, she's fine. What? Yeah. She's wow. fine. She got hit in the ribs. Uh, apparently, it was it was a pellet-shaped thing. Okay. But it would it hit her at a high rate of speed. I mean, it hurt. Right, because if you drop a it'll, penny. It, it'll leave a mark. Yeah. You drop a penny from an Empire State the Empire State Building, it'll kill somebody. That meteor had to fall in from a much greater height than the Empire yeah. State Building. Well I was well, you know, terminal velocity, whatever that is. I'm not a yeah. I'm not a physician, um, but it's. Uh, and yeah. I mean, not to victim shame here, but isn't that something that you 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 could see coming and get out of the way of? Well, not if it's very small. No, and it's and it going fast. Yeah, I it's mean, not going to make a noise. It's yeah. not going to whistle at you as right, it comes so, in. So she she said she didn't know what it was. 
She well, just knew there was this thing in her lap that was a pebble, and she said, she, she said, a friend of hers said, you know, that could be a meteorite, which it is so rare that anybody has ever hit. Yeah, I would have been like, no, buy a meteorite. Rock from somewhere. Well, thanks, but, guy. I've got a new. Now, f- I've got now you now have a new phobia. <laughs> new fear unlocked. I'm just <laughs> going to be minding my own right, minding my own business, and a meteorite's going to come out of nowhere and hit me. Yeah, or or hit your boa constrictor that is oh my wrapped that, around your waist to hide your coffee stain. You know what? There's so yeah, boa constrictor spilling coffee meteorites. There's there's so much to be afraid of. It's a, it, it's a wonder we get out of bed in the morning. It's, it's, it's very true. Um, got a, 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 a pretty surprising story by a, a friend of the show, George Hunter in the Detroit News. He says that uh, Detroit police are responding to an average of 40 mental health calls a day. Um, that's uh, 700, 700, 554 this year, 12% increase over last year. 778 of those um, have involved armed citizens. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think this is where the, the fund the police argument gets convoluted. I, it's not defund the police. It's, it's, it's reallocate funding for the police. Um, you, you know, like uh, I, think I think of it as rearming the police yeah. with more resources, not with arming them with necessarily right. hard weaponry, but with hard skills, with demonstrable skills to address these individuals who need a lighter touch or a more deft touch than normal police. And that's what Detroit police are doing. Some of the weapons that they use uh, are not lethal weapons that they have for, for these situations. They even have police cars that have green lights on the top and not red lights because it's a softer light when they approach these right. uh, you know, people who are in mental health crisis. Well, and and so, yeah. I mean, to be honest, anyone who's been pulled over, those police lights will make you nervous. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and so I, that that's... That that's a good move, and I do have to uh, applaud James White for his um, emphasis on addressing mental health. You know, also I think that if 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 it's safe and there's one available, taking a mental health professional out onto a call once once things have been secured by the police, maybe yes. have them. There's this compelling video that was um, released. There was a. Uh, police talking down this kid who had a gun to I'll his have head. That story at six nineteen. Well, yeah, yes, yeah. We'll, I won't we'll spoil play. it, but it, <laughs> but a fantastic video and Yay. these police officers. It, it's what police officers are supposed to do: serve Absolutely. and protect. Yes. So, uh, six nineteen. If uh, you're going to go get a cup of coffee, don't spill it into your lap until after six nineteen. You're not going to want to miss it. It's JR Morning coming up.